Hello, friends. Welcome back. Hope your 2022 is going better than mine. It's not off to the most splendid of starts. But uh, anyway, Jeff Stuckey here, riding shotgun, uh, double fisting, actually. I'm drinking the new Bud Light Next. Okay. As advertised on the Super Bowl. Is so it working for you? I don't know yet. Um, it, it's certainly, it, it's, I don't know. It just takes a little, I think it takes a little time to grasp what's mm-hmm. going on there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not off-putting in any way. Okay. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. All right. Uh, and, and I'm Greg, so I'm going to try and keep us on track today. Good luck. And since. Because <laughs> I know our guest and you don't, and you got no fucking chance with the two of us. So uh, anyway, we'll see how it goes all for right, you. All right. All right. Uh, no small talk, but. Uh, weird moments with Greg Allen is yeah, that an appropriate? Because we've heard about these. They use they always involve disabled people. Yeah, like the <laughs> like the upside down uh, wheelchair where I find the guy in the gutter. You know the right? walker at the bus stop and the double amputee. You know, it's like the only one that didn't involve happens. a disabled person was the women that propositioned you on the <laughs> sidewalk. Yeah, is that I, I was the disabled person there. Oh, that's factual. Okay. Anyway, so uh, we're all excited well, about I, awkward moments with I, Greg. I think you're overselling it, but it was a similar mm-hmm. thing where I pull up at a stoplight, and now that the weather's better, you know, I didn't, I wasn't in the convertible. I did roll down the windows though, and a song came on, and it's it's this guy that was imprisoned, and someone came and paid his debt, and he's hollering, "I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking free." So, you know, I'm cranking it up because it's, like, good. And I look over, and there's this guy with these braces attached to his arm struggling to get down the street. And then this is what happens. We made eye contact, and I'm, I'm thinking, he's either going to use one of those walkers as an extension of his middle finger, or he's going to raise it in the air like, hallelujah, I'm walking in freedom, you know. Right. And neither. He just looked my way to see if he could walk across, you know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, how does that happen? Dude, what, something, we need to, like, scan your brain, like... <laughs> Because it's they're all so similar, and they just keep happening. And God, it's fucking bizarre. I think it. Anyway, well, I I do have a quarter mile radius of where I live. (laughs) That's even more. I think the crazy people are there. Well, okay, there's that's something that uh, I I missed. Well, tell Um, us about our guest. That's what we're excited about. Yeah, Um, Rocky. uh, I think Rocky's thirsty. uh, Best I can tell. (laughs) I don't think the, don't think the, fake the beverage here? card hasn't like uh, come. Oh, here, we, here it comes now, Rock. The beverage card. So Rocky is my favorite bartender ever. I met Rocky on the north side of Evansville at the Hornet's Nest, which just quite frankly ain't what it used to be. That's what I hear. Um, but Rocky could get more bourbon into a glass than any other bartender <laughs> that I have ever met. And like, we were like kindred fucking spirits. Cause he would bring it. Like I would take the last sip. He would have the next full one down. Uh, he was trying to go home to work, uh, from work on a Sunday afternoon. I didn't give a fuck. I was just going to keep <laughs> drinking. You got to start making the next one. As soon as you drop off the first one, dude, oh, wow. kill it. And then through that, we just kind of started shooting the shit a little bit. And kind of you told me um, about an initiative that you're very excited about for uh, caring for our veterans, uh, which we're going to spend time talking about kind of after we hear your story a little bit. But you're a veteran and uh, sincerely like thank you for your service. Yes. Uh, Is that meaningful when people say that or is that how do we that are just fucktards, how do we, how would we meaningfully express our gratitude? It's always appreciated. I think half the time uh, when you hear it, you're kind of like, I, you don't know how to respond. You're like, thank you, or you're welcome. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, I, I hear it often, so I still don't know the correct response. It's hard yeah. for me because I feel like shit. I feel like shit because I'm like, okay, I want to say thank you, yeah. right? But it's like, and I'm a fucking waste of a life. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like, thank you, and here's a thousand dollars. So, you know what right, I'm saying? Right. It's like this, like, how do I really express gratitude in a meaningful way for you literally risking either being willing to risk your life or risk your life for a piece of shit like me? Like, I don't know that I would have done that, but thank you for your service, sincerely. Welcome. And we, <laughs> we'll work on that together, right? <laughs> we'll role play that, that a few times. I, I uh, practice. 
So you have you have shared uh, countless amazing things with me, um, and I'll I'll kind of ask more about that. But like, how what's war like? So, uh, what's war like? Oh man, terrifying and boring. Okay, I'm I'm probably going to need you to like unpack like both of the those. The most bored I've been in my life, and the most scared I've been in my life. And, so, it's, and there's not really an in between on that. It's either one way or the other. And this was just my experience. And uh, yeah, that sums it up. So you you enlist, right? Right, and like, is it like? How much do you like really know what you're getting into? Very little. I I knew very little. So I, I started my journey in the Army National Guard. I was like, all right, you know. Uh, I talked to a recruiter in high school. He said, hey, man, you want to go blow shit up? I was like, fuck yeah, I want to go blow shit up. <laughs> like, when are we doing it? He's like, well, you got to go to boot camp. And I was just like, all right, well, let's do that. So <clears throat> I graduated high school and went straight to boot camp as an engineer uh, in the Army National Guard, and then uh, I quickly realized I wasn't blowing shit up. Um, <laughs> I was eating Casey's pizza and drinking beer one week in a month. I'm like, this fucking sucks, All right. So this wasn't I, my definition of blowing shit up. No, and I'm not taking anything away from those guys, man. They 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 do what they do, uh, but I wanted more. So then I ended up calling a recruiter. I'm like, hey, uh, I need I need to get in this. And I think this was in like an 05. And how old were you at the time? Probably 23. Okay. So I had a little maturity to me, not much, but a little bit, which I think helped me. So then uh, I, I went Marine Corps, went infantry, um, and that was kind of where I really started the journey. You know. So when you went then into the Marine Corps, because there's, I'm assuming, I don't know, not a lot of similarities between National Guard and Marine Corps. Very few. Right. Because you, you Marines, you motherfuckers are hardcore. I think, yes, sir. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's true. You can't see Rocky. I'm looking at Rocky. He's fucking hardcore. We are comfortable in misery. <laughs> Is, so was that, like, was that your speed immediately? Like, yeah, I'm in the right place? Or was there like a, oh, shit, I got to get up to speed on this? Or It was the perfect fit. I, it's It's what I... I knew that when I got there, I was like, this is it. These are my people? This is the spot. These guys are all fucked up. <laughs> uh, the the dark humor and the way of dealing with everything and just the, the, the brotherhood. So, What was that like? Because that's what I hear, especially oh. in like when you get up, you know, special for, I don't yeah. know. But I, some of the most inspiring things I've ever heard about is the brotherhood and yeah, the just bonds. that. And that's a real-ass fucking bond. I talk to somebody I served with in the Marine Corps every day, every single day, sometimes a couple of them still do. And that's been since I got out in 12. You know, we still maintain those relationships. How, how do they form or what? I don't, I don't even know a good way to ask that, but when do you become aware of this is a different kind of relationship? I th- suffering together is that through boot camp or is it like through your career you suffer the whole time you're in the (laughs) marine corps from the fucking (laughs) beginning till the end you know it is it is a sacrifice and it sucks but uh you love it you love it so much it's it's a it's like that fucking crazy girlfriend that's such a bitch and you're like god i fucking hate you come here give me a kiss you know can you come over tonight i cannot get enough of you (laughs) you know it's that's exactly what it is for me and um is there quit in you none never an option the only thing i really can think of quitting was uh accounting an online school (laughs) i fucking took it two terms in a row and that was more of a like divorce like Mm. forget you i'm out of here i couldn't oh that was tough i was doing that during covid covid hit and i was like all right you know what man i got my gi bill um Let's get, I could have told get you, educated. Rocky, I could have told you, you and accounting may not be the best <laughs> yeah. of friends. So, yeah, I took, I, st- I there tried, may not be enough Adderall tried, in the world. I tried majoring in business administration. <laughs> Me, a fucking grunt. 
I don't know. I think I was just trying to see if I could do it. So in those most miserable moments, like in training, how do you get through that? Why, why do you, why is quitting not an option? How is it not an option? How do you love misery? Yeah. Well, the guy next to you is not going to quit because he's looking at you and you're not going to quit and you just push each other. Boom, boom. And it just, you keep going. You know, if I'm not going to quit on you and you're not going to quit on me, then we're going to finish. And it's, and it's the, I don't know the right way, the camaraderie, like we're for each other all day. I don't think most men know relationships like that. You think that's a fair statement? That's a, yes. And I've talked to some brothers um, who have gotten out recently and they're like, man, it's even hard to make friends. You know, I don't, I don't have a lot of friends. And I'm like, I know. And he goes, it's because I have brothers. It's hard to make a friendship because it, uh, I'm not saying we don't do it, but it just, when you're used to that, that's the norm. And now we're just going to go drink coffee together. You die for me. I'd die for you. And now yeah. I'm going to do small talk. Like that's a rough yeah. transition. But it? I've understood the importance of relationships and building those. And that's taken some time, but yeah, initially you're just like, man, I'm so I'm used to dealing with this caliber of, uh, of man, you know, and then you, you come back out here to, we'll call it civilian life. Yeah. And, uh, you're just kind of like, man, it's just okay. Yeah, just not near enough depth. These bonds yeah, are just right. okay. So <laughs> the first time you get that call that we are we're going bullets are real. First deployment, Ramadi. And what? Uh, give me as much detail about that as you can, man. Uh, like, does the training kick in, or you shit? I'd shit my fucking pants, dude. <laughs> I lived just like every other. I was a boot. This was my first deployment, and uh, so I get done with boot camp. I did, I did everything West Coast. I was San Diego the whole way. Camp Pendleton the whole way. Shout out First Mar Div. Um, yeah, you really don't understand. I, I didn't. I didn't understand, like, the gravity of what was going on. Like, I'm in these planes, and I'm going these places. I'm just taking this big fucking rucksack from one one mode of transportation to the next one. Bus to plane to plane to plane to chopper. So it's not even real at this point. It's no, just, it's just, you're just moving stuff. You're like, where? Are they? it's just getting hotter as you go. And, and you notice the closer you get to the shit, the less things have accommodations and cushions. So like that last thing you're on is just bare metal. You're like, all right, now we're getting somewhere. Cause there's no wifi here. You know, <laughs> yeah. This is about to suck. So they don't give you a whole lot of information up front. They just tell you what you need to do in the next hour. Yeah, and I mean, you know where you're fucking going. I mean, you're not blind. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, hey, you're going to Iraq. All right, sweet. Got my shit. Let's do this. It's what you've been waiting for, you know, and you're excited. Is that because you really don't know what's coming or no, this is what I'm, this is what I've been trained to do? That and you're like, man, I have been fucking ready for this for the last okay yeah you've been training for the last year now here i get to use that training you know and fuck these guys up you know <laughs> fuck these bad dudes up mm -hmm. that's what i want to do um so then what what was your first fucking the bad guys in ramadi yeah i was on post and uh what are we telling war stories here hell yes we yeah. are okay <laughs> give, like so, give us the details man yeah i had uh I got in some trouble for this one. Um, well, don't get yourself in trouble. No, here. no, no. I, I, I got to talk to. I got to talk. His name's to not on this Rocky. One. It's actually. <laughs> I got to talk to on this one. No, uh, I got to talk to. So we're at uh, OP Falcon, and this is in uh, Southern Ramadi. Which anybody knows anything about Iraq War? Ramadi was a was a hotbed for the insurgency there and Al Qaeda, and uh, so my first. First squeeze of the trigger was on post, you know, I'm up there and we got guys on a rooftop and they're dead on a hundred yards. I'm like, you dumb motherfuckers, man. I'm chomping at the bit here, right? <laughs> what are you doing on the roof, man? You can't be, you can't be doing this shit. So we ended up 200 rounds out of the 240, you know, and uh, it was, it was a good, it was a good, it, it let me know that I, I had what it took if it came down to it. This is war and I can do this? Yeah. Tell us, what does 200 rounds mean? You, that I mean, means I shot the can. You just <laughs> shot the fucking ammo can. The, well, hey, is that I, what you got to talking to about? Like rock easy yeah, on the trigger finger? Or? It's exactly what I got to talking to about. You know, I don't know if I even hit a fucking thing, man. But they knew I was there, and they knew they shouldn't be on that roof. 
<laughs> you know, and then after that, it kind of you kind of settle in and stuff. So, so what was the most terrifying? Afghanistan IEDs. Oh yeah, it's just an unknown. You just got to mm-hmm. turn your give a shitter off and fucking mm-hmm. walk. How do you do that? <laughs> you got to. You have to. You know. Does it just turn off by default? Like I can't be this terrified. I gotta fucking go. Yeah, at that time I was a squad leader, so it was kind of there's a lot more responsibility. Iraq. I was a I was a radio operator for my platoon, and then I got fired from that. Turned out I wasn't that good, <laughs> so then they dropped me down to a, put me in a squad. And uh, something about my radio etiquette. Was, was was in question. No. Shocking, Rocky. <laughs> so surprising. Was, was it just to clarify? But uh, I love that job, though. Going going back to my, I love that job as an RO, especially as a first deployment. I had so much uh, more of an idea of what was going on in the battle space. What? Tell me what you mean by that. Right as a as a rifleman, you're uh, you're doing your job, but then when, as an RO, I was aware of. Uh, Marines in my platoon doing their job, but I was also aware of like adjacent units uh, coming and goings. I, I, I had a greater understanding because you're talking to the, talking to company, who's talking to the LT, who's talking to the platoon. Um, so all that information is going through you, which gives you a greater understanding of what it takes to make this machine run. So like I understood the, I, I was able to learn the big picture of, uh, of what was really happening as opposed to I was just covering a sector in an alley. Um, Which is what Afghanistan was like? That was, I, I was referring to Ramadi. On that, oh, okay. one. that was when I was a radio operator. And then, uh, which helped me. I progressed from that. I left Ramadi. I picked up a team, and then we went on a Mew, which sucked. Nobody wants to be on ship at wartime, but um, I got to go to Thailand, fuck around, Hong Kong. You want to be on You don't want to be at? No. You want to be at war? Yeah. Especially at wartime. Yep. Yeah. All day. Yeah, that I don't know what I I think I watched a documentary. Thailand, might have been. Thailand was cool though. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> we can't talk about that. Tell us more, about, Rocky. Like, tell us what you mean by that. We can talk about war, but we cannot talk about Thailand. That's the deal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm serious, man. That shit stays there. I have the most crass analogy of what what you just did, but I'm I'm not going to do that. Um, okay, so you're you're in Afghanistan. You're walking, and you're thinking, I hope I don't get blown up by an IED. Right. That's exactly it. You just, you don't think about it when you're out there. I, I didn't. Like, are you guys talking to each other? Like, hey, man, it really sucked to get blown the fuck up right now. Constantly. I agree. Constantly. Yeah. So we just, you, you make fun of it. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't, you need, you don't need your legs anyways, bro. You'll be fine. You know, <laughs> shit like that. You gotta, you got to, to, to cope with. You know what's what you're really going through. So then, what? Tell us about Afghanistan. Tell us. I mean, I'm, I'd love to know as much about that as you can share. Right. Ah, oh, man. It was rough. It, it just you're fighting tough fucking men over there. Tough men. You know. Um, where we were at, we were in Helmand Province. I think I'm pretty sure we were the first American coalition forces in Helmand Province at that time. So we went in, oh, fuck, 09, something like that. And uh, we relieved the Brits. And those are some motherfuckers, too, man, them Brits, man. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Yeah, they got a different way of doing shit. They don't have all the, uh, they just do shit different, you know, and it works for them. But uh, they were spread too thin, man. There's just, too, they were too small, and they were trying to cover a big area. Um, they were kind of not able to get too far from their their operating bases. I, th- I mean, I think they said they were, maybe they would go a click, kilometer circumference around their fob, kind of maintain that security, and that was it. And then overnight, man, we dropped a fucking regiment in that bitch and uh, just saturated it. You know, it was it was Spartan. It so was. then what, what, and then what happened? Like what? Oh, fuck, yeah. so... You want me to start with the fly Take me in? to the <laughs> fucking finish line, dude. Yes, so, every detail. Uh, I went to a new unit. I crossed deck. I was in 2-5. I crossed deck to 1-5. Uh, 
because they're like, hey, I, I was okay. I was short time. I'm contemplating right now. Am I getting out of the Marine Corps? You know, my four years was up. Like, am I getting out? Like, or is this going to be a fucking career? I'm like, I don't know, man. But you know what? I, I wanted some time to think. And a platoon sergeant comes in there and he's like, hey, uh, does anybody want to cross deck to 1-5? They're going to Afghanistan in like 90 days. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I'm going. <laughs> fuck yeah. They asked the whole, the whole company, who's going? And I think three of us went. One dried up. The other one, uh, one went UA. Yeah, there was two of us. One went on the whole company. So I was I, on that. I was disappointed because like, oh, these are all my brothers. I'm like, hey, let's go to Afghanistan together. And they're like, fuck that. Like, dude, why not? You know, but uh, hey, man, they had their reasons. I still give them shit about it, though. Uh, Seems like you've earned that. Fuck yeah, I did. <laughs> I tell them every time they're a pussy for not going. Uh, no, a lot of those guys were starting families. That, you know, they had careers waiting on them and stuff like that. So that was their choice, man. I respect that. Um, so yeah, I go to a new unit. Um, one five is a solid unit. When I get there. Not a lot of combat experience. You know, I had done uh, Ramadi on my first tour. I had just come off of a Mew. I didn't know shit, but didn't know that yet. I pick up a squad in Afghanistan, or pick up a squad in 1-5, uh, which was a promotion for me. And then, um, yeah, we, we we took off. And uh, I was just a young corporal at the time. So this was a big responsibility, you know, E-4, here I go. And uh, the way we, we, we did our squads was uh, we tried to make them as uh, self-sustaining as possible. So I had uh, weapons. I had mortarmen. I had machine gunners. I had engineers. I had a scout sniper team. Uh, I had a fucking cook. Um, <laughs> and you're over all this. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, okay. uh, I, had a, I had a guy from Combat Camera. Uh, yeah, a lot of attachments, man. I think I had like 20... 20 fucking Marines and a corpsman. It's a lot of moving parts when you're going to war. A lot of moving parts. A lot so of moving you, parts. you would get orders and then sort out who needed to do what? Uh, right. Yeah. Yep. And then I had my, you know, I had my three fire teams and stuff, man. We were, we were, we were TO'd. So we, we were, we were filled up. We had everybody we need. Um, my, my squad was a bunch of fuckers, man. These guys were getting in trouble every fucking week. I was only there for like 90 days before we deployed. And there was always a problem, but, man, I could tell they were going to be good in a gunfight. So I was good with it. And, uh, yeah, we took off. And I didn't have time to build those bonds with these guys like I did, um, you know, from the other unit. And I was I, that was the only thing I was concerned about. I'm like, you know, these guys haven't been with me too much. Are they, are they going to fucking trust me? You know, if you got that Eagle Globe and Anchor, you're already – it's already there. The bond's already there, but – you know, you still want to work with these guys. You want to work sure. with these men and, and see who's, who's, who's capable where. And I didn't have a lot of time to do that. So, I mean, I was, I was anxious. I was, I was anxious to get out there and, and, and see what we were going to, how, how, how well we would do. And we did well. We did well. Well, give me the details, man. Don't fucking. All right. Scariest helicopter ride ever is where <laughs> we'll fucking start. Okay. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, what is that? CH-47 Army Pilots. Um. So we're flying in, you know how, you know the drill, zero dark 30. It's like. Uh, Rocky, I do not know the drill. No, <laughs> I appreciate, so, I appreciate you even suggesting that, so but no. It starts out with uh, a thousand Marines in a, a fucking parking lot at an airfield uh, sitting on their packs <laughs> with smoking cigarettes until, until 2 a.m. And then, uh, and then, and then you just, you get on your birds, man, and you go. And uh, scary that on that looks terrifying to me. That's where I'd bitch out. Like, you no, know, no, oh, I'll walk, guys. I'll see you there. The thing is, man, with these guys, the things that, that these motherfuckers, it, nobody's rattled. They're just like it's. It's like they. You would think they were going to the yeah. movies. They you think these helicopters are taking them to the. Mm -hmm. You know, you can tell people are focused. You know, but as far as uh, it's, it's it's just business, man. We're going, we're going to do what we do. For you too? Like that's where yeah. you're, it's like, this is now like hone in. This is not. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm, I'm staying sharp at this point. Um, so we, we, we load up on birds. <laughs> so I'm going to ask, I'm going to show you how much of a bitch I am. <laughs> <laughs> is the helicopter ride scary? Yeah, fuck yes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. Woo. So we, uh, 
we're flying in, and uh, like I said, it's pitch black and shit. And I remember, you know, you got your muzzle down, man, and I got my, my, my Kevlar down on the buttstock of my rifle, and I'm fucking praying to anybody, you know. <laughs> any and all gods. You know, you can, any and all gods. You can be atheist, Jeff, but I'm telling you, man, you go to war, you'll fucking pray. <laughs> yeah, they always say that, right? Yeah. I guarantee it. Uh, I was reaching out to any of them. And uh, so we're trying to drop down in there, and we keep, we keep hitting these fields that have just been plowed. So we're browning out, blowing up too much dust that the instruments aren't working. So they have to keep pulling off and trying to find another place to land us so that we do this. Like, imagine going down, getting dusted the fuck out, and then all of a sudden you're shaking all over the place. You're like, holy fuck, man, we're not even going to get to war. You know, we're going to die in this field. Um, we do this two, three, man, several times. Finally, we drop down. We get set down, and uh, the only reason we didn't uh, get dusted out on this one is because this field had just been irrigated. So we we jump out into fucking two feet of water and mud. Mm. I'm like, fuck, you know, I got, got or we don't know what we're landing in. And uh, I'm the first one, I'm the first marine off because I'm counting my counting my men as they come off, and uh, <laughs> everybody's hitting this mud, just facing it, boom, <laughs> boom. <laughs> And uh, that was Afghanistan, basically. Yeah. yeah. So I'm pick, picking these guys up. I mean, we got all of our shit with this, man. There's, there's, no, there's no fucking store, man. You got three or four days of, of food on you, ammo, batteries, uh, and that's it because we're not getting— How much extra weight are you carrying? Oh, fuck, so much. Water. Water was the big one, and we'll get to that. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're weighed down big time. Big time. So, you know, you go there, man, we set up our perimeter. Helos take off, and uh, you wait for sun up. You wait for sun up, and then uh, move north. That's what we did. So it's not like you build a, a camp. It's like, you know, you nah. get a picture of some tents and a campfire. It's none nah. of that. You're just going to work. Yep. Yeah. We're, we're, we're mobile. We're, we're clearing north. That was basically our instruction was, hey, we're dropping you off here. Uh, head north. I'm like, all right. Well, head north, man. What happens next? Nothing till noon. Um, we get, uh, it's so fucking hot in Afghanistan. And I think we did this shit in May, June, something hmm. like that. What the fuck? <laughs> poor, poor timing, right? <laughs> you guys. Go, why don't we go in November? Can we do winter <laughs> solstice, please? <laughs> you guys fucked up on this one. So, uh, yeah, we get going. But really, though, I mean, you, but you're carrying all, I mean, that's no, no joke. That's not like a. That's a physical challenge. My first guy physical lost and was, mental, right? Yeah, the first guy I lost was a heat casualty very first day. Yeah, he didn't he didn't make it through the day, you know. So we quick we quickly realized, man, we have to drink the water here. You just got to fucking do it, you know, because we're trying to use these puri tabs and shit. Oh, those are awful. Tastes like drinking bleach or mm-hmm. you know, yeah, awful. So I'm like, fuck it, man. This shit tastes so good. Out of the well, you know, it tastes good, and then you get dysentery, but, and we'll get into that. That happened. So, the, the, the definition of that is shit yourself, right? Shit yourself, puke. Shit yourself and puke. That's all you do. And they don't give you nothing for the shits because you have to get the, what is it, a bacteria or whatever it is. They, you got to get it out. So. Okay. You just got to shit, man. God damn. So you go from near heat exhaustion to now I'm shitting and puking myself. Oh. Well, it's just part of the process, man. It's just. <laughs> I'd have been like, can you bring me my teddy, Rocky? I need my teddy. Like, God damn. It was rough. Yeah. It sucked. And there's like no part of you that is distracted by this. No. I mean, you're. I got a fucking mission to do. That's the thing that I think we underestimate about what you guys do. It's like. Like every part of this, I, you know, what the, the helicopter ride, the jumping into mud, the heat, the dysentery. I mean, it ain't fucking a carnival cruise. Like you're battling every fucking thing that you, and the mental toughness to stay on task. I think I'd be like, wait, where am I? And what the fuck am I doing here? Right. I mean, there's, there's going to be some of that. You're going to, you're going to have some, I'm not going to, 
It's not doubt. But not in you, but right? Going to be but some, you don't give in to the doubt. No, you're going to, internally, there's going to be questions. Like, what the fuck is even going on here right now? Would they be doing this if we weren't here? But how do you, and this, these are the things that I'm curious about. How do you not get lost in that doubt? Because I think that's what the average person does, would get lost in that doubt rather than getting their mind back to, I've got something to do. It's your fucking job. Do your job. It's that simple at that point. You know, I, you're going to get. How did you train time. yourself, though, to pull your mind back to do your fucking job? Because I think this is why most people fail. Yeah. I mean, most people look at fucking look at us, dude. Mm-hmm. You, when you look at our country, we can't stick to a fucking diet, dude. <laughs> Like, but candy's so delicious. Like, how can I see? And you're fucking, like, every one of those things that are, that's why, dude, please unlock this (laughs) in my brain. How do you mentally manage that? I I personally try not to fucking think too much. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's, that's. That's the power of it I, for me. Um, you know, it, you may get something you don't agree with, but like when you start overthinking and trying to like go around or find the better way, you know, you you know what needs to happen. You know, you've been told what needs to happen. Now you take what you have and what you've been told and you make that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start trying to get think too much, you know, um, I'm not saying that it's a thankless job or, or any, by any means, but um, I would just say, well, that's what's got to happen. This is what I got. This is how we're going to fucking do it. And it's that simple. And I would just leave it at, leave it at that. But I think that, see, that's the part that I think is like the superpower, right? Is that you have the emotional discomfort of I'm jumping into two feet of water right? with however extra you know, however extra, however much extra weight I'm carrying. Now it's fucking hotter than the surface of the fucking sun and I'm dehydrating. Okay. Now I'm going to have to drink this water. Now I'm puking and shitting myself. And yet still in the midst of this, I'm focused on the goal. It's your job. Dude. So it passed that a, there's shit a lot going on, on, man. There's a lot going on. Yeah. So it sounds like you narrowed. I hit focus. fucking I, snooze like 17 <laughs> well, times. I had to lighten my load. Whenever I first got there, um, I had, fuck, I had a radio to talk to company. I had a radio to talk to the platoon. And I had a radio to talk to my squad. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I'm just talking to shit right now. So I, I tapped a guy on the shoulder. I was like, hey, carry this. If they say something. Just answer them back. You know, you're a radio operator now. You know, <laughs> you know, you, you got to do that because you're like, listen, this is too much, man. It's taken away from me, you know, taken away from what we're trying to do here. And you and Delegation. the thing that's unique to you in, in that situation, right, is that you're dealing with all of those external stressors. But then you've got 50, 50 fucking moving parts that you've got to yeah, keep I track had, of. I had probably had 20 Marines and a corpsman, something like that. All right, so now you're done shitting yourself and... Yeah, I wasn't shitting myself yet, but we got in... Yeah, we just went down that road. But yeah, I wasn't shitting myself yet, man. I didn't get sick till... I got sick there a few times from dysentery, but that's just part of it. But uh, initially, the first first few days were tough. I remember we came up on uh, Marsha Clay, and I think, man, it was straight up fucking noon, you know? And I'm like, all right, here we go. And we had knew this was kind of a potential hot spot that we were getting ready to walk into. So I remember we're all we're all uh, we're all on a tree line, man. One thing you know about Afghanistan, man, you're looking for the next fucking shade. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're on this fucking tree line, man, and we're getting some water in us. You know, the 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 buildings are I don't know, probably two hundred yards away. Do your fucking job, but man, some shade would really be nice. <laughs> I do my job better in shade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're we're sitting there and. Uh, I got my platoon sergeant over there with me. He's kind of popping around uh, back there. Who, uh, Master Stone O'Brien? We're, he's no longer with us, but um, he comes up. He's just like, "Hey, what's the plan, Rock?" I'm like, "Fuck, I don't know, man." You know, there, it, it, people to see this maybe think that it's like the 
some of these guys are really high speed, man. But sometimes behind the scenes, and when you're having conversations like with with your peers, you're like, man, I don't even know what the fuck we need to do right now. This is just a, a guy talk. Let's let's talk here. Let's let's make some rational decisions, and we'll go with it. And then we'll act like we know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> you know, that's the life of the. That's inside the mind of a therapist every day. Yeah. Do I know what the fuck I'm talking? Like, what the fuck am I even saying? I'm like, I would just go with it. As long as they believe and it makes exactly, fucking decent right? sense. As long as they buy into it, run it, man. And uh, but you don't get to you know you don't get to be a squad leader in the Marine Corps by making poor choices. So that's that's the thing that I was I was comfortable with at that point in time was making those choices and those decisions. But we're sitting there talking. I'm like, man, we got this big field to clear. We're already getting shot at from this compound. Like, what do we do? Um, I like how he so casually yeah, says, we're, we're already at. getting shot at. Yeah, yeah, we were hoping that'd be a little later. but <laughs> Dang it, they're shooting at us. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> there's a there's this ditch, and I'm like, well, I I rallied the, rallied the men. I'm like, hey, we're going to fucking combat glide across this shit, clear that compound. Fair enough? And they're like, sure. I'm like, all right. So I jump across the fucking ditch. I'm the first one, right? I jump across the fucking ditch. Pop, 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 take rounds. There's some dirt flying up there. So I jump back across the ditch, get back behind the tree. I'm like, hold on a second, guys. We need to rethink this shit real quick. <laughs> Seems like a good idea. They, they, they know we're here, you know. <laughs> so, and, and there was a lot of a lot of good stuff like that, but we ended up we ended up getting it. So. so that's the sort of thing. You don't have orders coming in telling you how to take care of that. It's just move north, and yeah. you got to figure out how. Yeah, and there the place... We were at it's a lot of agriculture, a lot of poppy and stuff. That's where they're doing all that. So I wasn't in a mountainous area. It was it was it was agriculture. So it was uh, open fields, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocky, this may be a stupid question, but what's it like to get shot at? Really, no, no different than not getting shot at. As long as you don't get shot, <laughs> I beg, I beg to differ. As long as they don't hit you, it's not a big deal. It, it, it'll make you. Everybody that's in here recording today, um, can we go out in the parking lot and shoot at you and let you know? No, no takers, rocks. <laughs> you think about what you're doing, like it's like, all right, hold on a second. You know, you realize the stakes are high, but. That's just a level that I don't. Know, man. Yeah, it's just at that at that time, like you're you're mentally in it, so it, it's it's not you're aware, mm-hmm. you know. That's fascinating to me. I mean, just the the mental strength to stay focused on an objective, whatever that objective is, with total disregard for I mean, one just personal safety, right? That's your job. I don't know how, how you say that. So, and it's like, fuck, man. I we don't we civilians like if we've got the sniffles, we don't go to our job, bro. Yeah, well, that's why you guys aren't in the Marine Corps. That's exactly right, dude. That's why you're in your office. That's Jeff. why I sit in a fucking chair for ten hours a day. That's why the motherfuckers are sitting in San Mateo's because we need them. All right, because you know, they don't give a fuck. You know. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, that dude, when the wolf is at the door, right? Yep. What the fuck do you have to do? So, any other war stories you want to? Ah, man, it's. Because I'd let you go all fucking day, but I want to take you back to something um, that you said to me when I was drinking and you were pouring the drinks. Those were the good old days. Man. I was probably drinking too. I'm not saying you weren't. I don't know. I would have. It's the only way you can do it. should have told me. <laughs> Um, like you said, coming back to civilian life and trying to replace war with something, mm. what was that like? What was your process with that? Not good. <laughs> I came up, well, I got hurt. I ended up getting hurt in Afghanistan. So I, I get medevaced out of there. I got my ass handed to me. <clears throat> and uh, so I come back and uh, remember those IEDs that you said you got to not give a fuck about? Uh, I remember yeah, you saying I, that. Yeah, I didn't give a fuck about it, and then I got one. So, but hey, I, I made it, so I'm I'm blessed for that. But uh, so I, I come back, and I spend a couple years in the hospital, um, Bethesda, 
all that shit. So, because I got, I got blown up pretty pretty bad. I lost what, four inches of femur. I got hit right through the right above the knee, and then, uh, oh my god, I got hit in the balls. I got I got hit with shrapnel everywhere. Uh, my lungs collapsed. So yeah, I got I got tore up decent, um, real decent. But so my experience coming back was. Tough. I mean, luckily I made it back though, and like I said, I'm thankful for that. So, what were those tough spots? Like what? I like what would? I think it'd be really helpful for us to know what that transition is like. Um, God, there's so many, and and my shit, I'm still walking, you know. And there's there's so many men and women out there that aren't, so I can't even really. And you're a fucking beast, dude. I can't and even like, really, God damn. Anyway, I can't even really can you know. Yeah, but still, that's, that's like fucking. Yeah, I'm just. I, I got. I got lucky. So, um, you still got that warrior mentality, you know. So, okay, it's an injury. Yeah, this fucking sucks, but everything I do sucks. So, this is just normal shit. Um, so I make it through recovery and all that stuff, and I ended up getting medically retired, from, medically separated, whatever you want to call it, medically retired from the Marine Corps. Because they're like, hey, you can kind of stay in, but you're not going to be a grunt anymore, you know? I'm like, ah. How difficult was that to hear? Like, well, I'm too fucking proud to be anything else. So, you know, I, what would I do? They're like, man, you can stay in the grunts, but, you know, you'd be like H&S or work for first sergeant or something like that. I'm like, fuck that. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So I was just like, all right, well, I'll just, I guess I'm done then. So I get out. And that was, uh. I don't know if that was a good choice or a bad choice, but it was a choice I made. Um, and that was when I started having problems. I got out, and I, you know, man, I got out, and I had no idea what to fucking do. Like, I'm I'm still recovering from my injuries years later, you know, um, still having surgeries, still still going through this. I mean, I was, I'm on more pain. I'm on so many fucking pain meds that it's, you, you you can't even fathom the amount of shit I'm fucking taking. And it's like, hey, go be a productive member of society. You know. Forget about this. Roger that. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't work out. Uh, needless to say, it fucking got bad, man. It got real bad, you know. And I don't know where you want to go with that. Well, as much as you want. Because I think this is an important part of your story. Yeah. Because... One of the themes that I've, I'm intrigued by is, you and I have talked about this before, is the quote that most men are not good men, most men are cowards. Most men do the right thing for the wrong reasons. We do the right thing because we're fucking scared of the consequences of doing the wrong thing. And you, you certainly obliterated all of that. <laughs> not by choice, but how do I fucking cope with this life that I now have, and then you found your way back, not to, my words would be, not just a good man, but a great man. And I'd be interested for people to know your process only so they know where you ended up by your choice. Um, I definitely lost myself whenever I came home. Like, uh, uh, I don't know what happened, like, mentally through all of that um i was angry you know I'm, I'm in a wheelchair you know now now i'm just vulnerable and i see like i said uh i see others come through this you know it it, it, it takes a lot of resilience you know and i i don't know i was i was i was upset about you know getting fucked up i feel like i got beat out there you know and it cost my brothers some more than me um it was heavy. You know, weighed on me for a long time. So, yeah. and, then, and then you're being asked to do something that you're not physically or emotionally prepared to do. Well, you, I think what hurt worse was you can't do nothing about it. You got to take the fucking L yeah. and go home. Yeah. And uh, I fucking hate to lose, man. It, 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 you know, you... You feel like you, uh, you know, there's 
something needs to happen after that, and you just you're not in a position to be able to do it. And that was that was a hard thing for me to 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 accept. It took me a long time to just say, hey, you know, that was just the way it was. You know, accept. Which took you to some pretty dark places. The darkest. And you told me a story. <laughs> We're gonna talk about drugs now. No, no, no. We'll do that on the next episode when you come back, because that that's less. It's the only reason that that's relevant is for people to understand the choice that you made to take yourself to a different place. Yeah. And yeah, I don't, I don't want to get into that that part of your life. I just, I, I think it's important for listeners to understand. You know, if you want to use fucking rock bottom or whatever the hell, you went to the darkest of dark places. Oh yeah. <laughs> and oh, then. Yeah. And I, and, and I stayed there saturated for fucking years, man. And then you went to Bob's gym. And then uh, <laughs> then I literally went into Bob's gym, still fucking probably high, went in there and was just like, well, if I'm going to go, it's going to take a, a complete change. So I literally went in that motherfucker, still probably spun out, and just started lifting. And you I, weren't just lifting, or at least not the version of the story that you... Oh, I was I was going through it, man. He was lifting and crying, dude. I would. I, would, I had so much emotion that I was that I was dealing with, man. Like I would go there and lift. You know, if I if I had a goal for that week and I hit that, man, I would just get so emotional and I didn't know what was going on, dude. That's so I was just fucking, fucking coping with shit, and that was the way I did it. I didn't talk to nobody. I had no friends, man. Not a one. I don't even know if I had a fucking phone. Um. Yeah, that was just what I did every single day. And I, that's what's so fascinating to me is you made a choice. I'm digging myself out of this. Like, I'm. Yeah. this is not good enough for me. Yeah. I'm going to a different place. Yeah. And that's where it started, on that deadlift platform. <laughs> for real. <laughs> didn't give a fuck what anybody thought about him. He was just like, this didn't is even, what I have to do. Didn't even know what I was doing. Like, I was, I was fucking <clears throat> hurt so much from that shit. <laughs> I was tore up. I'm on heating pads. Uh, but I would get up the next day and go back. I Seven days a fucking week. I'd spend sometimes three, four, five, six hours in there. Just, uh, that's what I needed to do. That's what you needed to do. And it was through that process that you really developed an understanding, a vision for what other veterans are dealing with. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, I wasn't alone. How you wanted to help them, and that's what I want you to talk about is really right. the the vision that you have for that, and how we can rally around you and support you in that process. Right, where I fell through the cracks was once I left the Marine Corps. Um, anybody picking you up, um, mental health wise, physically, you know, physician wise. Uh, you have to be proactive with that. Like, you got to go to the VA. You got to sign up for this, you know. Um, and some people never do that. I didn't. I, I did to some degree. You know, I went there to go get my fucking pain pills, you know. But as far as, like, mental health, I, I never talked to a, a mental health professional until probably uh, a year ago. Um, that was when I was like, man, I need to see if I'm fucked up or not. <laughs> Turns out I was a little bit, uh, but, but no more fucked up than most everybody else. Right. Maybe less fucked and up. And I but didn't know that everybody was fucked up too. And once you realize that, man, life's so much easier because uh, you can just really, really be comfortable being you at that point. Yeah, the pretenses, the pretense of being normal is fucking yeah. exhausting. Isn't it? Look at me like that. You're fucked up too. <laughs> right. Get out of here. You know. Um, so what happened was I fell through the fucking cracks. Uh, so to speak, you know, you hear about it, you know, I came home, um, you know, we're not, we didn't really get into this, but you know, I went to some dark, dark places. I was using, uh, doing a lot of heavy, heavy drugs for a long time, years, ended up, you know, getting incarcerated. I'm just giving the clip notes. Sure. Gone for five, get back, still doing right back to what I was doing. I was only just, you know, a, a seasoned criminal at that point, you know, after doing time, uh, right back at it. Um, and then what happened was the bobs, the, you know, the lifting, the, the life changing, but what happened was in that 
seven six seven years that I was just you know doing these drugs, doing time, getting out, and it, there was no accountability or there was it was just me and man and I wasn't holding myself accountable um you know I did I didn't have the brothers because I had cut them off from that cut them off from me I, I had no support system it was just me out here fucked up and, and 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 there was no help nobody's coming you know this thing's either going to end up with you fucking dead or incarcerated and and, and luckily I went to prison um so what I'm wanting to do is Learning from that, you know, I, I feel like, and in a because I, I was in some some low low spots, so to try to prevent this from happening, you know, veteran suicides, it's happening daily, too much. It happened. The, the and, fact that it happens once is too much, but the the rate of it and our disregard of that is fucking right. It's because there's no there's no, there's nothing between the 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 veteran and, and and a higher echelon of care, there's a gap there. So if you're sitting in your house drinking fucking booze all day with a gun to your head, nobody's going to know because there's nobody proactively coming there. So I sat there and I thought about when I was on parole, I got in trouble all the time because they were knocking on my fucking door. You know, they were in my life. You know, they would pop up if you're at work. You know, they fucking, they're checking on you actively. And I'm, I'm just saying there's a reason they do that. As you you know, when you come out of incarceration, you know there's some questions. So we're going to keep an eye on you. If you're doing good, I'll see you in 90 days. If you're not, I'll see you. You won't know when I'll see you. You know, we'll just pop in. And I I feel like that that could be super helpful with a lot of veterans that are coming in right now that are having these mental health issues that aren't reaching out to get the help. You know, they're 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 struggling with this on their own, and they don't. They don't know what to do, and 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 they're someplace that's not getting reached right now. So what we need to do is bridge that gap, and 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 get somebody. I guess it would be a social worker. What the fuck is that, Jeff? Uh, a Rocky. A Rocky. That's what they need is a Rocky. They don't yeah. need a fucking social worker. Yeah, because I'm not a social worker. <laughs> right. But you call me that. <laughs> no, we're just gonna proto. You're our prototype, dude. We're yeah. just gonna mass produce you. So yeah, what I want to do is. Hey, most of these people are going to transition seamlessly. You know, they're going to come back, but you're going to have those few. And those these are the ones I want. Those ones like me, you know, hey, you got fucked up over there or you're not having an easy time with this transition or, hey, I know, you know, because I see it because I've been there. But the bigger issue is you don't know who you are anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. You don't know. You don't have an idea. When you have a total loss. Of, and this is what people don't understand about suicide is when somebody commits suicide, they have a personal logic that makes perfect sense. Right. That the end of it is, well, of course I'd kill myself. Yeah. I don't know what they, I don't know what the fuck people think when they think about people that commit suicide, but it's like we set veterans up for that. Right. It's like we, like you said, go be a civilian now. Right. And it's like, uh, I'm going to need a few more fucking details, man. Right. So when you have that loss, that total loss of identity, what value do I have? What worth do I have? What contribution am I making? When they're caught in that fucking gap, the suicide is like, well, of course I'd kill myself. And I don't know why we're so fucking naive about that. Right. I think whenever. Whenever I got out, is because the, the hardest part I had was because I didn't know what I was. Because I'm like, I'm a fucking grunt. Now you're not a grunt. What are you trained to do? You know. So I got in this fucking pity, pity fucking stage. Boohoo me. I got weak. Um, where it's like, oh, they, it was taken from me. You know. And then finally, I realized, wait a second, you're a fucking grunt. That means you can do anything. You know. And it took me some time. To get over that, I mean, now I recruit nurses, Jeff, because I can fucking do anything. <laughs> that's goddamn truth. I know, right? And that's why that's why I think guys like the guys that you want to reach need a guy like you because yeah. victim thinking is not. It just it doesn't help. No, it, that's when you kill yourself. And it's the the problem is a guy like me. You know, if you would have said, Jeff, I got shrapnel in my ball sack and I lost two inches of my femur or whatever, it, 
my natural imposition would would be to victimize you. Oh God, damn, Rocky, right. you are. But it's like that's not helpful. No, you can't do that. That you just fucking sink into despair. Yeah. And I think oftentimes our interventions unintentionally push deep people deeper into the that victimization. And that's where a guy like you, and I mean this sincerely, like I don't think you're a good guy. I think you're a great guy. And I don't waste fucking words. It's like you understand that. Yeah. If I was- you understand the tough, I don't know what the fuck you want to call it, but you know how to pull those guys out of their misery and give them a second lease on life. Yeah. If somebody said, hey, I got a, a, a fucked up leg and hitting the balls, I'd be like, well, you still got your dick and another leg. <laughs> that you know what I mean? Ex- that's exactly what you would right. say. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what I needed to hear. Like, you go to, uh, hey, the VA is great for what they do. But, you know, a lot of times, man, they'll they'll fucking pet you. They're right. like, oh, man, well, you went through a lot. You don't need that. You know, and it may help for some people. I'm not trying to discredit Well, anything. the statistics aren't great. I I'm mean, not trying to discredit anything the federal government's doing. But you can also be honest just about the statistical impact, my, and it's not great. In my experience, they got to do something different, or something different has to happen. And uh, there's no way you can say that, like, this this wouldn't benefit, because uh, I'm sure it would. And you've got support. I mean, you've got, yeah. you know, like, you're, you're, we're having this conversation with you in process, and that's why we want to have this conversation with you, because schmucks like me, who never sacrifice anything for the life that I live, this is a way that weak motherfuckers like me can start to support guys like you is this kind of a program. Right. Yeah. Tell and us how we can help with that. I've talked to some small business owners that are here local because I am i don't even know how to even start with this. You know, I, I honestly sure. have no fucking idea. I'm pretty sure, Rocky, are. you can just knock on somebody's door and say, give me some money. I'm pretty sure they're going to say, okay. This is, <laughs> and, and what I've started doing is talking to some small business owners that I just know through you know, the gym or the bar, just people that I know. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm trying to do this thing here. You know, is this something you'd be interested in? Patriots is, you know, who obviously who I deal with because that's that's my crowd. Right. And uh, they're like, yeah, you know, if you got somebody that's that's coming in there, yeah, you know, we would be more than happy to, to hire them, you know, job placement, meaningful employment and stuff like that. Um, and what I would do would basically, you got to check in on these fuckers. Right. You're coming back from wherever you're coming back from. Like, I need to see what you're doing in your downtime. And we owe them that. I mean, that's the... Fucking A, it is a is service. Is that not the least that we owe them? service you're giving them. You know, you're, you're building a relationship first and foremost. But, because uh, you need to know, man, what's what's up, man? Are you drinking too much? You know, money's fucking you up. You know, you, or does somebody cares enough to knock on the fucking door, Yeah, right? what's up, man? Let's hang out. Tell me how things are going this week. What can I do? Do you need help with this? You know? And I'm, you know, and, and when you've been in the, the dark world, you can see it, you know, sure. you can just have a conversation, be like, all right, this is a motherfucker that needs a little bit more attention, you know, and then, and then we can go from there, you know, there's, there's other avenues that we can take after that, but you just, have, you have to have that gap. And that's why I wanted to have you on. And I wanted our listeners to hear one, your story, Yeah, because we just don't know what it's like. I mean, it's just like, like you said, you learn to love misery and it's like, or I could go eat more ice cream. I mean, you know, and it's like, I just don't, I think we're so far removed in the modern world of just the infinite number of sacrifices that you make for us to be free and to be safe. And you have a, a wonderful vision for, frankly, what we owe veterans. Like we owe veterans a fucking knock on the door, but you can communicate that in a way that will lead them to a place of renewed empowerment to where they feel like a whole person. And so this will be an ongoing conversation and our listeners ask us all the time, what's Rocky up to? How, how can we support him? And we're, we're going to keep you in the loop because this is something that we believe in and we want, although I hear that you're a phenomenal nurse recruiter. I'm fucking killing it, 
<laughs> the universe has a greater purpose for you, my friend. And we are going to rally around you and we're going to get you to that greater purpose. Let's do it. All right, man. Dude, thanks for coming on. You have an open invitation for any war stories that you want to share. Like uh, the mic is always yours. All you have to do is let us know. Uh, And stay tuned for more details on how you can support Rocky uh, and how he intends to change the world that we live in. Thank you, Rocky.